0: could ask a quick favour? If you listen to this, please hit the subscribe button and the follow button. Like, share, rate, review the podcast. It helps more than you realise.
1: My story actually stems from overseas. Um, I was adopted uh, when I was well, in 1990 um, by two English parents from Romania. So uh, yeah, spent, spent, the, spent the first years of my life uh, in an orphanage. The journey through my life versus the journey through business, they're very, very different. Very different types of things that I've had to to navigate. I then went back to the orphanage, which I talked to you about when I was 14, 15 years old, which for me resurfaced things that I didn't necessarily know were there, but then they came back. So I then started getting angry towards that but I didn't know that I was being angry towards it, I was just being, angry, just like spurts of anger. And then it got to a point when I was about 17 years old, um, when, I, when I got arrested. Um, yeah, that's when my parents knew that there was something wrong. There was something wrong, there wasn't something right that was going on in, in my life. But yeah, it just got to a point when I had that conversation with my parents, I was like, look guys, I'm not wanting to be here on a permanent residency. I don't want to be here because I'm going to end up dead. My life was falling apart. I was doing shit I shouldn't be doing. And I wish I'd just spent a bit more time just to sort of sit back and say, look, this is what happened. But then I got to a point where, um, yeah, February 2020, I overdosed. There's one thing that I really realised and why I'm here today. It's because I asked myself that question. You've got two options here. You can either let this shit consume you. You might as well just, just do it. Or you can use everything negative in your life as fuel for positivity and change. And I took that route. And that's why I'm still here today.
0: I believe every business owner has a story to tell. Through seeking true, authentic insights about the entrepreneurial journey, I provide a platform for our peers to share their stories and inspire those that listen. This is the County Business Talk podcast, powered by Picture Book Films. Welcome to another episode of the County Business Talks podcast. My guest on the podcast this week is someone I've only met in the last few months. Um, But his, his journey has really inspired me. He's been described as a force of nature, someone that is motivated, determined, focused and a larger-than-life character. Plus, he shares my love for snapbacks. Getting to know him and following him on social media, I know he has had his own personal struggles with mental health. We both share a passion to change the narrative out there, especially amongst men, that vulnerability is a sign of weakness. Therefore, I'm honoured that he has agreed to come on today and share his story. Delighted to welcome that force of nature that is Tom Hooper. Mate, how you doing?
1: <laughs> I'm very well, very well. It's uh it, it feels like our conversations just stem from just one talking point to to now we're here. So I'm very, very grateful to be here, my friend. Oh, very
0: mate. grateful. Listen it's it's great to have you and like I said, we we've had had a few conversations over the last few months and um you've you kindly shared some of the story, and I'm yeah, look, delighted to have you on, mate. And it's going to be a fascinating conversation, I'm sure. Look, as always, we're going to jump straight in, mate. Just um, tell the listeners a little bit about you and uh, and your story.
1: Cool. Uh, so, yeah, my name's Tom. I'm uh, 32 years old. I grew up here in Brighton since the age of about five, six. And uh, yeah, I went to school here and uh, carved my way through business um, from the age of 16. So, uh, yeah, there's been, been a lot from everything from well, tele sales to property to, to IT to, yeah, going overseas. So, uh, yeah, very, oh, a very interesting journey. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, 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 sure. So, because you come over here from when, obviously, when you was, you was young, you come to Brighton when you was five. So. Yeah,
1: so, yeah, so my, my story actually stems from overseas. Um, I was adopted uh, when I was well, in nineteen ninety um by two English parents from romania so uh yeah spent spent the, spent the first years of my life uh, in an orphanage mm-hmm. um which was i can 't really remember much yeah, yeah. but um yeah it was it, it was it was interesting to find that out. Well, especially where as, I, as I got older, I started asking more and more questions because I didn't feel like I was feeling like my parents were my
0: parents. Yeah, sure. So, How old was you when yeah. you had that conversation with them?
1: Uh, I was about 13, 14. Yeah. Uh, my mum had a booklet of documents and I started asking more and more questions and then she quickly snapped that that away from me and said yeah. nope you're not old enough to, to know about this just yet and I was like well me being inquisitive as I am yeah. uh, just asked more and more questions uh, ultimately resulting in me asking my uh, adoptive father saying to him look well, what, what actually went on uh, yeah so it was a interesting time when I sort of found that out but there was a lot more things that were piecing together before that yeah. and, and I've told you this before is that is that the journey through my life versus the journey through business? Yeah. They're very, very different. Yeah. Very different types of things that I've had to, to navigate. So yeah. it was uh, quite an interesting time, especially around that 13, 14 years old when I was like, yeah, I'm going from a boy to a man here. Okay, yeah. My voice is breaking. I sound like uh, going from the Chippendales <laughs> to. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> to someone who can actually talk properly yeah. so uh, and then my voice g- gradually got louder and louder and louder yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but
0: so then uh, coming in obviously in school and stuff like that and then coming out of that into into the working world. talk to me a little bit about that mm. and your, your, your journey in, in the business world when yes there, sort of, like.
1: so when I was about 15 16 I had a bit of a bad time in school uh, I bounced around in and, in and out of different colleges after that and I just couldn't really find my feet. Yeah. I think that was just like uh, a friend, <laughs> Mr. Terry Bauer, yeah. said that I've always had this itch that I've just not known how to scratch. Yeah, yeah. So it was always building from that point and my attention span towards certain things um, in school it was just like, nah, I can't bother with that. Yeah. You're telling me you want me to to go into an English class? Like I know how to talk. Yeah, like yeah. What, what what have I got to learn from this? Uh, and then I just started to hate. I started to hate the environment. So the education. Yeah, I started yeah, yeah, to hate yeah, yeah. it. And I started to feel like my life was just sport. Yeah, yeah. It's always just like yeah okay. Uh, someone told me go to go to a, a, a class an educational class and they'll be like me saying okay well when's PE oh PE's no oh, yeah okay cool i have got PE yeah, yeah I'm not yeah. I'm not going to this this boring class that holds no relevance to anything I'm gonna learn in the big wide world out there. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I got into a point when I was 16 years old that I started developing like suppressive anger towards certain things because I didn't want them in my life. Yeah. Uh, my, my parents separated when I was younger, so that was annoying. Yeah. Um, I then went back to the orphanage which I talked to you about when I was 14, 15 years old which f- for me resurfaced things that I didn't necessarily know were there yeah. but then they came back so I then started getting angry towards that but I didn't know that I was being angry towards it I was just being angry, just like spurts of anger yeah. so me and my sister used to get into fights we threw our spatulas at things we like i one point, I broke my arm, and I, me and my sister got into a fight, and I and I busted her lip, okay? Yeah. Because kids fight. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. But oh, then I, the brother. Yeah, yeah. I
1: got into a fight with my sister. I'm thinking, oh my god, I've just smacked my sister in the mouth and made her bleed. I'm like, oh, this is uh, yeah, yeah. something that shouldn't have happened. But because I saw red mist, because of things that were external factors that were happening. Didn't necessarily know that this this was happening at the time yeah. because I was just getting annoyed, and then Mum would be like, "You two stop fighting," and then I just literally just going like that. I just I was just like this anger, this ball of anger for yeah. some reason. And then it got to a point when I was about seventeen years old, um, when I when I got arrested. Oh, okay. um, yeah, that's when my parents knew that there was something wrong. There was something wrong. There wasn't something right that was going on in in my life. I. What did you get arrested for? uh, Got arrested for basically feeling like I was protecting someone. But in fairness, I just got angry, so um, I basically just dropped, just dropped some kiddie that that I knew that I'd had a bit of a hate relationship with. Really, we were really good friends. It was really weird. It was we were really good friends at one point, and then it just went sour. And then, girls, growing up, uh, you sure. you grow up and you do silly things. So um, yeah, I am um, not not my proudest moment. Uh. Um, but when I look back on it, it's like, why the hell did I do that? Like I broke my hand from it. Uh. I broke my hand and literally was like, couldn't play rugby, couldn't do anything. Just went into a depressive state, and I was like, "No, this, it, no, I can't do this."
0: Did, did you like ran, Because that's a lot, to, you know. Even just for in 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 a, in a mindset yeah. point of view, at 16, 17, and to like listening to like an upbringing, knowing that you you was an orphan, and then coming over here and mm. learning about those um, that part, like you say, all that anger that sort of that built up in it. Was there any? did you did you seek therapy then or speak to anyone then around that time? Uh,
1: mum tried to get like counselling she kept on saying you need to see a counsellor you need to yeah. see a counsellor but then me being me but was like no nah, I'm bigger than the world um, don't need that don't believe in it yeah. don't think it was really something that was really an option yeah. when when like in the early 2000s yeah. don't think it was at, as as at the forefront of people's minds now than versus when it was yeah sure um i I started smoking weed um just to sort of see whether or not I could what actually... what about just, seven eight yeah, yeah so where out. I could actually yeah. like draw back from things and just sort of separate things a little bit, yeah. so I thought that was the way to channel anger to then yeah, relax yeah. a bit, and I just started listening to so like my 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 choice of music was probably preempting it like when you're listening to. <laughs> to Tupac and and, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and American rappers and stuff. And you're sitting there, you're thinking, okay, great, you're not a gangster. Like, come on, yeah, like you yeah. got to stop this. Um, and then, yeah, it was uh, interesting times. Mum mum then realised that there was something that was going on. Uh, I didn't have that good a relationship with my father at that point, yeah. um, which, further on down the line, um, we got into... We'd go into some very heated discussions, yeah. um, which they, they they didn't get violent, yeah, yeah. but to the point of where me and my father were like button heads. I was like, "No, you you you're wasting space. I don't need you." But that was because I had other things going on. Um, got involved with some some wrong people. Shouldn't yeah. have got involved with. Uh, started again thinking,
0: drug drug related yeah. with with that. Well, or
1: it was more. The 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 thing that I realised was that I had a hunger and a thirst for money. At that point, I realised that I needed to do something that was different.
0: Where where did that come from? Do you think that hunger for? Because I didn't have any when I was younger. Yeah. Okay. So. And you felt like that would be you don't want to be in that position. That would be the answer. I, I thought
1: when I was when I was that young. Um, and you'll ask me a question <laughs> later on, and I, I, I started laughing when you asked me this. When you asked me it, and um, when I was when I was eighteen years old, okay, my my parents were separated. Life was life was weird. Life was very very interesting. I bounced around from different colleges. I went to two, three different colleges, um, and, I, and I just I couldn't stay anywhere. I well, felt why, like I why, had to, I had why, to
0: go. Why, why do you think that? Because, like, like it, again, you, you alluded to earlier about the education system mm. didn't really didn't like conform into that, no. or was that the main reason for the, the, the moving around, or you just?
1: I always found myself getting into trouble. That wasn't the, the yeah. first time I got arrested. Was probably an accumulation of about two or three other different things that had happened. Like yeah. when I was younger, when I ran, I ran away from home. I ran away from home, which was not really running away from home, yeah. um which was packing your bags, running down the road to the park, and then yeah. sleeping under a tree, like well, who does that like you, yeah. you, <laughs> ludicrous um and then there was a point where I was like, do you know what this this isn't a life i, I i'm I'm supposed to be living, and then And then my drinking started getting worse and then, yeah, started doing more and more different drugs and trying to test the boundaries and thinking I was a superhuman, but in fact I
0: wasn't. Um, Is is this around sort of still 18, 19, around that age? Yeah,
1: so uh, when I got to 21, so 21 was really a turning point for me. Um, Mm. It was the last time my family... Uh, all four generations of my family—from my granddad, my dad, me, my sister, sorry, and my niece—there was five generations at the table. That was the last time that five generations were sat around a table. Because I didn't want a big party for my twenty-first. I wanted all my family around the table and just my close friends. Mm. Okay, and that was the last time for me. Ever since that day, just things just haven't been right. And then my granddad passed away. My nan passed away, and. My dad obviously took it hard, yeah. but I'd actually spent a bit more time talking to my granddad as I grew up because I just felt like I didn't get enough time to sort of learn from him.
0: Yeah.
1: But you had a good but relationship with your granddad? Yeah, yeah. There were, there were points where my granddad used to turn around and say, look, if you don't sort your shit out, you're going to end up in a body bag. Yeah. But he always taught me, he was like, look, if there's anything in life that you're going to learn here from me today is learn to be people's solution, not their problem. So if you're going to walk down the road thinking that you can solve everyone's problems, no, nah, that's yeah. <laughs> that's not yeah. what it meant. Yeah. It's about building good relationships with people and that you can actually be a solution to them. Yeah. Because the people that are around you that share the same common interests are usually the people that you're going to learn from more yeah. and then you're actually going to be, well, in okay. case in turn, we're going to be talking and you're gonna be developing relationships that are gonna help you both in life and business because yeah. there are no crossovers yeah well there are there are, sorry that's not the best way to put it there are crossovers in life and, per, and, and work yeah because you should still be that same person yeah. you shouldn't change to fit a mold
0: yeah. um, we spoke about yeah. this a few times did not we about exactly that like our core values as a person I'll speak about it on the podcast mm. a bit core values as a person almost need to align with our core values that we've got as a business. Mm. So because that has an impact on that, doesn't it? So you, you've got to, if they don't align, you're almost wearing a mask or you're acting when you're at work. I as did. As opposed to, yeah, I'm, I'm, we've all been there, <laughs> haven't we? We've all been there, exactly. But I think when, when we realise that and you go, and especially since COVID, I think that's come out a little bit more. Normally, mm. well, you've got to, we've got to live our life true to ourselves and, then what we're doing in work or business has surely got to align with what we're doing as a purpose and our core values as as a, as a person as well. So that life and and business do have an impact. And even from your, I get like from from what you you post on social media and stuff, and and getting to know you a bit over the last few months, very much like that there's there's that inside you that innate thing that you do want to help help people. Mm. And you want to speak to surround yourself with people that you can. Know you've asked me that question many times. Like, you know, I'm here, what can I do to help? What can I do to support people? And, that, and, that's a, and people then respond to that as well, don't they? They want to yeah. then help and support you, vice versa. And that's a, that's, a, that's a great place to be, no?
1: It's It's part of a, 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 a mantra that I rediscovered about two years ago. Uh, in that the world is bigger than you. You're part of the world. Don't separate yourself from other people around you because nine times out of ten, if someone's clever or astute to it, they'll call you out on something that you've done wrong. I spent the majority of my sales career with a mask on. The mask was my suit. I used to put on a suit every day to go to work. And to me, that was important. You always had clean shoes. Yeah. If your shoes, if the bottoms of the the bottoms of your shoes weren't clean, and the tops of your shoes weren't even cleaner, that you couldn't see your face, yeah. then something's wrong. <laughs> but I learned that from from going into the air cadets when I was younger. Oh, is that yeah. the military, the military way of living? To me, I was fascinated by it because it's very structured. It's very structured.
0: Because that's surprising you say that. Because <laughs> like only, only taking up from like we talk about your college and, and yeah. school, not wanting to conform, moving around, mm. don't fit in there, don't fit. <laughs> but then you talk about that, then the air can that structure and yeah. that military thing where you you got to conform. You know what I mean? That's what. Yeah. We're, so, what, what t- talk to me a bit about that then, in what, what? So I was
1: 13, 12, 13 years old. Um, I had a friend of mine that was in the air cadets at the, at the at the time. Um, And we had a talk actually from one of the staff sergeants from Queens Road, the courier's office, um, which I believe is still there. Um, And I was fascinated by some of the videos and more importantly, the Marines. I was fascinated by the fact of being on water, like being on water and, and just going in there and actually fighting for a cause and actually having something to fight for. Yeah. And uh, as I grew up, my love for sport just just literally just got bigger and bigger. So it was my personal life going down one route where I was basically suffering with everything, but then I was doing my sport and everything else that was leveling me out. Yeah. So, so your sport was your outlet it was my outlet mm. it was I was uh, I swam for the region um, I played rugby for the region yeah. um, uh, I didn't get to captain the region and the warrant officers reason as well was that we didn't want to put you in the spotlight and put pressure on you yeah. um, which they gave it to another guy which I was like Do you know what I'm, I'm really happy you've done that yeah. because it's actually allowed me to play my game yeah um, and then I Discovered obviously the other things and it took me away. Um, when I was 14, 15, my coach at my secondary school um, said that yeah, you've got an opportunity that you could go far in in sport. Yeah. Um, and by Loughborough was always the pinnacle. Yeah, like Loughborough yeah, sure. was always the pinnacle. Now, not so much. Um, but in terms of educational yeah, and of the way that I just I loved sport and science. Yeah. Like, I just I was like. Great, so I've got my one life, which is going over here. Like, you've got this little like, bad boy life going on. I'm like, what am I, what am I doing? Yeah. And then my education's going there. My sport's going there. But my education just was like sat in this like, hazy field. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, okay, where am I going? Um, and then I just sort of realised, I was like, got to 15 years old, I was like, okay, I'm either going to end up one way or another. Body mm-hmm. bag or going to go far. Yeah. And then I went to a Marines careers meeting. I went down there without my mum, went down there without my parents, and I was like, I've got to do this. I've got to sit there, I've got to go in there. And they put me through this test, like this uh, aptitude test, and I passed it. And then I freaked after the test freaked after it, just panicked, just like complete the test, sitting there. And then got home, and then mum, obviously we got a letter through the door saying you passed, and mum was like, what have you done? Like, she didn't know I'd done it. Yeah. And, yeah, I just, I, I thought that that was me, like, destined for, for the marines. I, I actually thought it was, and then, yeah, but, so.
0: But you, d- you didn't go down that No, I didn't, I didn't go, go down that route.
1: And I regret it, because my grandad was in the Navy. Yeah, so there was a tie. There yeah. was a tie. There was a tie to it. Dad went in the navy, and and some of the pictures I've looked at are the hilarious. Yeah. But I knew that okay, great. There was something. Something was happening here. Couldn't tell you what. Yeah. But do you know what? If I went down that route, it probably would have served me good.
0: Yeah. Because I guess like just listening to you yeah. talk, I wonder like there's that maybe like you said, if there was a because you didn't conform with me, there was that lack of structure there. And maybe you did you crave that? Maybe that's what the Marines, you sort of reached out for that. That
1: was the missing link. Yeah. i hardwired from day one. I've been driven as hell, been passionate as hell. Had to be because I knew that I wanted to get somewhere.
0: And, and, and then, to then talk me then through, because you know, that, that, that's what I get from you. And what I, like I said, we've not known each other that long, but yeah. from people like our mutual friend Terry, and me and him have spoken. I've obviously the two of us have spoke as well. Yeah. and I get that drive and that passion that you've got. Like yeah. you've got this energy about you that you've just. But then, if you if you've taken away, if you've always been like that, so you've always had that, that innate thing inside you, and then. Like you said, you you got in with maybe the wrong people, and you took a took a path down, yeah. you know, a wrong a wrong road. Um, but if you've got drive and determination and ambition and whatever yeah. it is, even if you're on that wrong path, all that energy and stuff still gets put into that. I'm yeah. assuming. So you're on that road. You know, it's not right, but you've got all this drive and ambition. And you, did you see that as a that path with you know talking about drugs and that type of arena that you was in? that was a quick answer to that success that you was looking for, or that ambition that you had? When you grow up, you
1: look for shortcuts to yeah. success. Um, so, yeah, to answer your question, I was looking for a shortcut to success because I was trying to make up for the time that I'd lost. Yeah. So, you... There's, there's journeys in life that people take and they know the reasons why they're taking them. I didn't know why I was taking them, but then when I look back on it, I was trying to shortcut.
0: Yeah.
1: I was trying to shortcut because I basically felt that I'd lost so much time arsing around as a kid. Yeah. I was like, I've got to make up for this. I've got to make up for it. Okay, well, great, we'll go shortcut. Yeah. It wasn't about being led. It was about just find it, find a shortcut, yeah. find something that's going to take you away from this airy fairy world and in reality, into reality, yeah, and yeah, it was it was an interesting time, and uh, I stopped taking shortcuts after I came back from, uh, well, I shouldn't say after. I think when I when I went to Australia, yeah,
0: 2014. So what what yeah. what, what then took you there? So you, you're in this environment here, yeah. your 20s, <laughs> and y- you know, like you said, surrounding, uh, um, from what you've sort of said offline and, mm. and what I've learned about you uh, within, you know, drug culture and yeah, um, but you decided then to so what? So what? What point? That in two thousand fourteen, did you want to go? I've got to come out of that and go to Australia. What was? What was it? There?
1: Um, it was probably a lot earlier than that. It was something I'd been thinking about for about a year or two, but didn't really know how to tell my parents. Mm. It was a very odd one. Um, I was getting myself into more and more trouble, um, and it just got to a point where I was like, "I'm, I'm drinking too much here. I, I'm, I'm doing stupid stuff, uh, and I just, I, I need, I needed, I needed to go. I needed. Mm-hmm. I, I, was, uh, I was having more and more panic attacks at the time, yeah. um, because I think what was happening was I was becoming more and more overwhelmed with the fact of that I needed to go. Uh, I needed to, to separate myself from what was happening. Yeah. I was becoming disconnected from reality. I was spending half the time out all, now, all hours of the night. Yeah. Uh, and I was just like, look, I need to break the cycle. So me breaking the cycle, I sat down with my, my mum uh, and then I went over and saw my dad and then I said to them, like, each of them individually, like, guys, I, I'm, I'm going here, I'm going to Australia. Uh, I'm going on a working holiday visa I just need a year I need a year just to break away break the yeah, cycle Yeah, uh, and then yeah how, the,
0: and how old were you to work that I visa? was 23 24
1: yeah. 23, 24 okay.
0: yeah 24 yeah yeah Yeah. it was uh, so but even then like at a young age knowing that you know you're in this environment you yeah. know something needs to change you've got yeah. to and, and I guess to have like to Have that self awareness, even at that young age, to go, this, yep. this isn't right, this is not the path that I want to be on. Yeah, I'm on that wrong path. I need to take myself out of that. Yeah, and 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 I guess look, the other side of the world is a good place to start now. I guess <laughs> couldn't have gone any further. Yeah. um,
1: probably could have gone to Fiji, <laughs> 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 sat on an island for, for a couple of months, and then uh pondered life and uh, yeah. did the old uh uh tom Hanks yeah yeah, uh, yeah. Cast if, away. I, if if i do yeah. <laughs> yeah try my try my bushcraft out there yeah. um.
0: <laughs> because you no. you she was in you went to sydney didn't you Leonard? yeah so initially you thought max like just as a working visa so just max a few months didn't know anyone
1: didn't know anyone yeah. out there other than a friend of mine that i went to school with yeah um said to him look mate i'm coming out of there like i'll be out there day one i got off the plane um slept for 48 hours um, although sleeping on the plane I slept amazing amounts I yeah, yeah, yeah. didn't quite know why, but anyway yeah. uh, and then I ended up yeah I ended up living with <laughs> with his mum for, <laughs> for for a bit after staying in a hostel for like two weeks oh, okay. uh, uh, it was uh, it was a funny experience because the hostel that I stayed in first off was like just party central I was like okay yeah. great I, I can't be here yeah. I can't be here long yeah, yeah. I've got to get out go, go and do some stuff so um, the next, when I woke up, I said to my mate, I was like, "Mate, I'm gonna get a hire car. Yeah. I'm gonna get a higher car. What are you doing?" And we drove the furthest north up this northern beaches to a place called Palm Beach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd never seen anything so just untouched, yeah, yeah. just just as as it was. Yeah. And we stopped off in a few places along along the route, uh, and yeah, it was just. It was like a really like nice experience just to yeah. be out there with a mate of mine that I'd known from school. Yeah. Um I grew up with I grew up with his sister who was in my year and he was a couple of years below me. And he obviously knew his knew his mum from uh from obviously through the years and it was yeah. just it was nice. I was just getting used to being out there. Yeah. Um and then late in two thousand and uh two thousand and fourteen um, yeah it just it just started to yeah I I, I was like well hold on a minute i am got to start doing things yeah. um, in March 2014 got a job in an IT company so I need to take a step back a little yeah. bit uh, and within three months of being in that company I got sponsored um, oh, okay and I was like uh, so that opportunity crap. presented it yeah itself. i was like oh crap yeah. i'm here for four years now oh, great <laughs> yeah.
0: but was so but at that time then was that like yeah. did, did you look like being sponsored that because you would you enjoy it in australia you thought yeah oh, this is great like four year, i'm gonna i wanted to, you uh, wanted to stay there or was it like oh, i don't want to go back yet um i'm in this environment now Let, let's give this a go what, what was your thought process around that time
1: i was living for the party really i went into a dream world australia for me was like i was Constantly in holiday. Okay. Yeah, I couldn't. uh, Even to this day, like even my friends that are over there now, I talk to them from time to time, and and they're like, "Oh, come back!" I'm like, "If I go back, I'm I'm gonna be stuck in that holiday mode still. I can't get out of it."
0: Because that though, like, yeah, it's a it's a tough one. From just from my understanding, obviously you're in you're in this environment here where you want to get out of that sort of lifestyle, drinking drugs and yeah whatever you, you've gone to Australia but you're saying then even in them four years over there because of this type of lifestyle it was out there that didn't really you didn't escape it was just a different place that you was doing it
1: I was just literally doing the same things just in a different country there you are and so I went into an IT job and then I went into recruitment like every expat yeah. does yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and my my initial few months, I was able to, to, to get into the swing of things. I was yeah, enjoying yeah. work. I was like, enjoying great people. Yeah, yeah. Um, my visa stipulations then got transferred because I was looking at going on site to one of the companies I was working with in, yeah, yeah. in the IT space, yeah. but then they couldn't transfer it because I wasn't a permanent resident and all this yeah, sort yeah. of stuff. So I ended up going into recruitment and... Uh, and that's when my eyes got opened to, okay, you can make some serious money here. Yeah. You can you can do well. But you've got to keep a lid on the drinking and the other stuff. Yeah. And then when I got submersed in that world, that corporate world yeah. is not a nice place for someone who's got problems. Yeah. Because what you start doing is you start blanketing the problems uh, and the things that are bothering you with the problems that you've already got. Yeah.
0: Yeah. What is... Th- what is the use in doing that yeah because um, I, I, I guess like yeah. being in that court and i guess part of you if you're just going out just partying uh, uh, when it's when it's work related yeah i guess do you in your head you can departmentalize that kind of I guess yeah. you go oh well this is a work thing so i've got to go there and drink and have a yeah and be in that so you detach yourself from it being a problem mm. because you're in that environment oh, i'm in an environment that this is what we're doing and this is how I'm building relationships, I'm making things work, but it's part of that culture. Yeah, it's a vicious cycle. It's the vicious cycle of you've got your problems,
1: but then you've got to separate your problems because you're in an environment where people expect you to be a certain way. You're expected to. That culture, that corporate culture, is what suffocates people that are trying to actually fulfil their potential in life. Yeah. It's the box scenario I use. If you put someone in a box who's got an energy or a drive yeah, that yeah. they want to to portray and show the world, and you're trying to harness that by putting them in that box, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's stupid. A, yeah, it's, it's not, not it's, it, the, the person on the other side who's got the problems, who's in that box. Their problems only get going to get worse. Yeah, yeah. You're restricting them. Yeah. And, and I and I got to that point where I was using substances to to wake up. I was using drink to go to sleep, yeah. uh, and then the first bout in hospital started. Um, when you was in Australia, I was in Australia. I got very, very drunk, um, and then I got mugged walking home from a petrol station because I stupidly took money out of a petrol station, yeah. uh, and then I got jumped. So yeah, yeah which was not a nice experience,
0: yeah.
1: Um, and yeah, had to uh, had a lot of people ringing me. Saying where are you? Where are you? Uh, I didn't even know where I was. Oh.
0: Didn't even know where I was. Um, was that a wake-up call at that point? Did that st- st- stop you from having on drinking, or did was? Nah, it... I think. You know, I think
1: I just sort of shrugged it off as, okay, these things happen. Move yeah. on. Naive naivety crept in. Yeah. It it does. It's um. Yeah, and then our yeah housemates that were living with, I, I noticed they started noticing things were getting worse, yeah. um, and then one of them kicked me out, um, and then the other one I got into, got into a very uh, serious argument with, uh, and then I had to go and move into a hostel. Uh but I managed to keep my I managed to keep my shit together in terms of work.
0: Yeah.
1: Because. Yeah.
0: Because I was expected to, because the armor. Yeah. Yeah, and, right. I, and if you're not, I guess, if, like you said, when you're in that environment and that's a problem, but you're not dealing with the problem yeah. the source, then it is just going to be that vicious cycle, isn't it? But we can we can actually carry on for a long time wearing masks and, and seeming like things are normal or they're okay when actually deep down they're not, and it's just building up and building up. Mm. There was a point
1: in um, in two thousand and sixteen, uh, well, it was it was b- between a transition of me moving from one company to another, mm. um, and I had a bit of a gap of obviously time,
0: yeah.
1: Uh, and yeah, that that's where things started to to really sort of the penny started to sort of start falling into place. Yeah. Um, I ballooned like massively to like twenty over twenty stone. Like, yeah. I was. I was unhealthy I was cause I, wasn't, I wasn't sitting there like feeling like yeah, I am yeah, today yeah, where I'm yeah, feeling yeah. like I'm feeling healthy, I'm feeling internally okay. I'm feeling yeah. mentally I'm feeling good, but there's different parts to it, but I think it's, it's important to remember that that I didn't think that I was human at that point for Australia. I didn't. I was in a holiday mode. Yeah. I thought I was invincible. Yeah. I was socializing with people that were great people. Yeah, but I was just finding myself in situations where I shouldn't have been,
0: and, and you ballooned up like that and because you was in that environment. Like sport had always I been your Sport has always been your outlet. Yeah. You, you wasn't, you wasn't I exercising. wanted wasn't playing sport then. And nah, I had
1: a, yeah, I had a point
0: where I was like, nah,
1: I wasn't playing any sport. Yeah. I wasn't. I was trying to sort of go to the gym, yeah. but all I was doing was just walking in like a ghost. Yeah. I was just. It was just like, oh great, cool. Yeah. I'm in a gym. Yeah. I'm sat on a balcony, not really doing very much, yeah. and it was just like, okay, this this, this isn't what I should be doing. Um, and hindsight, looking back on it, uh, I could have made something really really good of it, yeah.
0: but yeah, it was it was interesting. Still, wrong, but so talk to me then, like, yeah. so go go so with Australia. see so let's come use that. It's sort of four years or so. Yeah. Before. So what what then made you decide to come back? What was what? what?
1: I had a point in 2017 when I ended up back in hospital. I started coughing and puking blood. So basically I formulated stomach ulcers through my drinking and uh, and smoking and drugs and everything else. So basically I was just a really unhealthy fat person, um, had a stomach ulcers and was basically just... In a bad way. I was in a bad way. Um, And then I just... Told my parents what what had actually been happening, um, and they obviously they knew about what had happened in terms of being mugged and things yeah. like that. And was like, "Why didn't you go to the police?" I was like, "Because of t- too much pride," yeah. I suppose. So I was like, oh, "Okay, great." Um, and um, yeah, walking around like obviously in in pain um, for for quite a bit after that. I was, yeah, it's a real experience. Um, but yeah, I just got to a point where I had that conversation with my parents. I was like, look, guys, I'm not wanting to be here on a parent yeah. residency. I don't want to be here because I'm going to end up dead. Yeah. And my parents and my closest friends in Australia were like, look, mate, you, you've got to go home. Yeah. Like, you've got to go home. You've got to. Your home isn't here. Um, I discovered when I was out in Australia that I had family out there. So each Christmas I used to spend in Adelaide.
0: Yeah, with my, assume, um, my,
1: my my brothers in Adelaide. Yeah, so uh, yeah, so I used to spend a lot of time uh, around Christmas with um, my um, with my cousins and yeah. and uh, and their family and that and yeah, I had a great time. At one point, I I met someone that lived there and I thought you know okay, great, we might settle down, yeah, yeah. but like, I was like still in my little own own little world and yeah, uh, yeah that sort of fizzled, um, but. Yeah, it's it, it was interesting at times, yeah. like, and, and then I said to my parents, I was like, Do you know, what? I'm gonna come back with these memories. Um, came back in 2017, straight onto mum's sofa. Uh, <laughs> not good. So,
0: yeah.
1: yeah, she was like, oh, great, you're here. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm trying not to be here very long though. <laughs> yeah. So you, you can't
0: see so in two phases, You come back here, you're yes. back in the UK, yep. living, living back living with your mum, what's the next part, because I want to, obviously we're going to delve in a little bit about, you know, mental health and and the Mm -hmm. real turning point I guess for you in in sort of 2020, but talk to me just a little bit about coming back from from Australia, did you see that as, did you see Australia as a a failure, or did you see it as a great experience, got what I needed out of it and I've come back now, or negative experience how do, you, how do you look upon that that period of Australia to I used
1: to, okay so, so I, I used to think it was a failure
0: yeah
1: and then as it got further and further down the line when I came back I started taking away lessons from it
0: yeah
1: and so the first one I realised was okay I, I am human yeah. not not Superman yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um and that I do have value to to, to help people. Uh, I, I knew I, I took I took key things that I needed for my life, and actually started to start thinking that they actually started using them as positives. Mm. So I flipped it a little bit. But two thousand seventeen was interesting because I didn't really understand what what I wanted to do. Um, mm. I knew that along the way that. If I was ever going to change lives, okay, great. Let's let's look at sport. I was yeah. I was really like I was on a health kick. Like yeah. at that point, I literally was like I went I went for a stage of like dropping like flipping four and a half stone, yeah. and like that point I was like wow okay, um, I can do this. And then I got my uh, fitness qualifications and personal training stuff in 2012, I think it was. So I was like, okay, I'll put this to use now. Yeah. Okay, I've actually got something here. Like, yeah. you know a lot about sport, got the qualifications, Yeah. do something. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, I went into personal training for, for, for a bit. Um, and then I discovered my love for writing. Okay. So uh, I reached out to a sports publication through using a piece of software that I was using to program for, for, uh, for, for people. Yeah, yeah. Um, I went down the strength and conditioning route, yeah, okay. which was quite nice because I wasn't just in a gym. I was actually looking at the sports-based methodologies yeah. and the sciences behind it, which yeah. I was fascinated by. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. And then I started writing for this publication um, called Train Heroic and started basically sending them articles yeah. um, about, about so many different things, about how the landscape had changed um, and then we obviously hit COVID, which wasn't great. And then how people could actually adapt their businesses yeah. so they could actually move them online. Started writing about that. I started writing about um, adapting, adaptability and how to actually shift from one stream to another. Yeah. Um, I went on a very big self-discovery during that first lockdown. Okay. And it, um, it then posed the opportunity for me to go back to my old secondary school and start rugby coaching and start helping the, wow. the rugby program, which okay. was a redefining moment for me, um, uh, which was after everything that, that happened um,
0: so, so, so talk in to me, 2020. Talk, talk to me then about that. Yep. Let's go back to to, to February 2020. Yep. Um, just, you know, obviously it was a dark time for you. You, yep. you posted about it and you yep. sort of spoke a little bit about it. Just, that was obviously the, I guess the pinnacle part of your your mental health, where it got to that point where you was really struggling. Talk to me a little bit about your mindset there and what you was feeling, where how you sort of, yeah. what was going through your head at that point.
1: I, I painted a little bit of a picture. So basically, my relationship had broken down yeah. um, because of my excessive drinking. Yeah. I was manifesting everything. I was having panic attacks. I was anxious as hell I was partying pretty much every day of the week Mm. um, and I was trying to run a a sports performance business Mm. but it was everything under the surface that was going wrong that was making things worse for me I, I that point where that happened in 2019 where I lost my license everything just snowballed everything my relationship with my parents was just terrible didn't really come to the the realisation of what was happening until um am standing outside the front of my house with my hands in cuffs. And if I hadn't have got in my car, then life probably would have been a bit different. But my life was falling apart. I was doing shit I shouldn't have been doing. Yeah. And... I wish I'd just spent a bit more time just to sort of sit back and say, look, this is what happened. But then I got to a point where, um, yeah, February, 2020, I overdosed and thought it was a, a great idea, and literally was like vomiting blood everywhere, and then went straight to hospital. Mm. Yeah, I should have, I should have killed myself at that point. should have I even say that to myself today like if you were that bad at that point you should have been dead you should have but there's 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 one thing that I really realized and why I'm here today is because I asked myself that question you've got two options here you can either let this shit consume you you might as well just just do it or you can use everything negative in your life as fuel for positivity and change. And I took that route. And that's why I'm still here today. Is because I knew that my brain is so much more powerful than things that are happening behind me. The past is a past for a reason. Leave it there. Yeah. Focus on the things that you can control in your life. Make structured and logical decisions towards that. And you won't be a replication of what
0: happened at that point. That point, I should have died should have well mate well look thank thank you for <laughs> thanks for sharing that I guess I mean I'm, I'm just it, it's it's a really powerful thing and I think one thing I really want to ask do, 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 do you think like we've all got we go through those points and, and at that point we've all got a choice because you, you, at that point you did have a choice didn't you, you could have gone one way or the other and you, you've, you've obviously taken that other
1: if thing. I didn't have something that was as strong and as powerful as what my granddad said to me when he was on his deathbed, there, mm. sitting in front of me, in my in literally like feeling it. Mm. Uh, and when you're sat there in a prison cell for for 24 hours, yeah, yeah. a lot of things are going through your head. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. It you're either thinking okay, you're either gonna spend the rest of your life in behind bars for yeah. something you've done that's stupid, or they're going to give you the opportunity to, to amend yourself and to rebuild yourself. Yeah. Um, and I was grateful that I got that opportunity to rebuild myself. Yeah. Um, although 12-month ban and a fine, um, that, 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 that I feel sometimes was the right thing. Um, but at times I'm sitting there thinking, well, if there had been anyone on the road and I'd hit someone, yeah. you might as well just go and sign your own death warrant. So yeah. there's, there, there is always, uh, and I'll say this to anyone who's, who's listening to this, there is always an alternative option yeah. to what you're doing. And it's always going to be a right thing and a wrong yeah. thing. Yeah. Think about everyone that's around you. Think about everything else. When you're in that situation of where everything's so dark, you don't think about anyone else. Yeah. Mental, mental health is, is, is drawn in so many different forms, okay? Um, physical, whether it be through panic attacks, yeah. whether it be through you can't do something in a certain way so you have to escape. Yeah. Um, the the other one is where you're emotionally broken down and you, you withdraw. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other one is gravitating towards things that are negative for you to help fill that void. So yeah. some people gravitate towards eating lots. Yeah. Um, people dri- gravitate towards drinking and drugs, which I did. Yeah. Um, and then some people gravitate towards... Um, uh, violence and other behaviors so they're, yeah. they're using it as an emotional outlet yeah. um, so one one thing that I learned from from that time was I needed to remember how structure and how things were to then form a purpose um, yeah. purpose driven but not naive or selfish mm-hmm. but retrain myself um, to not. Go down that point to that point of where it's the darkest yeah. because when you are emotionally broken down in, inside yourself, it's a, it's a dark place. Yeah. It's dark. Don't yeah. want to talk to anyone. Don't want to do anything. You don't want to do certain things. All you want to do is probably just sit in, your, sit in your room or sit in the garden or something like that yeah. and just literally look at the stars. Or, or <laughs> it's, um, But, but have you, if yeah. you felt
0: from, from that time then, and you're talking about that, because I agree, like, we do, and that's why people encourage people, and that's one, obviously, the reasons with this platform, trying to create spaces where people are able to talk more openly and encourage it, that we can have that conversation, so that you're not in that dark place, or when you are, you've got people around, so what what sort of tools, I guess, have you learnt from those experiences that you you use now, if you do have little trigger points where maybe you're struggling a little bit do you reach out now and and stuff and speak to people more? At first,
1: I didn't. I wanted to sort of find my path. Hmm. Um, my parents at that point were were very supportive through obviously my rehabilitation. My dad yeah. put me straight into therapy. Yeah, put me straight into therapy. It was like, no, you need you need to you need to fix this. Yeah. Um, uh, and like I said, through the first lockdown, I went eighteen months without drinking or smoking or doing drugs or anything. Yeah. I, was, I was writing loads. I was even teaching myself how to write research-based articles. Like, where did that come from? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but at that point, what it actually helped me do was, was actually um, to actually find a happy place. Yeah. And then uh, one, thing I, one thing that I do right now is I actually have a morning routine. Every morning, yeah. I have the same routine. For me, it creates my day. Yeah. Um, what is it? What's your morning routine? Uh, I, I I I wake up. I I always go to sleep with a bottle of water yeah. in, in in my in my room. So uh, I make sure I sit up in the morning, drink water, take my medication because um, I've got i got a heart problem. So um, which is which is under medication. Mm. Um, so I wake up. I do the usual stuff. Shower. Um, and then go downstairs and I make this thing called Italian eggs, so it's um, it's a it's a recipe that I took from uh, a fitness yeah. guy in Australia. <laughs> I feel I'm gonna like this, mate. Yeah. So like. it was uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's onion, diced mushrooms, uh, diced peppers, and diced spinach. Put it all in a pan. Um, get some paprika, yeah. and then you go over and then you get uh, some herbs, yeah. Italian herbs, and then sprinkle that all over it. Um, I like to add a little bit of chili from time to time, just give it a little <laughs> bit. Of, uh, uh, and then whisk up five eggs, bosh it in a pan, mix it all around, put it in the oven for for fifteen minutes. Nice. Um, and then yeah, I'd, uh, I try try not to drink coffee because um, it's uh, it's not ideal for me. I'll end up going up through the roof. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's something I do. Um, and then yeah, I I'd, I'd like to watch Sky Sports News in the morning. <laughs> so uh, nice it's uh, it's a nice little morning routine uh, I mix say. around with it yeah. I mix around with it because sometimes what I do is I wake up have water and I go for a 30 minute walk across um, the park from my house yeah. so yeah. I'm able to then just put on a podcast for 30 minutes and then just yeah. move around um, and that sometimes just helps me just sort of just say okay I'm I'm, I'm, I'm in tune with you yeah. okay world well, I feel you I'm yeah. here I'm, I'm I'm switched off. I'm in that, that frame of mind. Here's where I am. Yeah, yeah. Um, just letting the the world know that I'm here. Yeah. Um, as I've learned to become more in tune. Learn to become more in tune with yourself when you're in dark times because what you'll do is you'll then start realising the feelings and how it makes you feel yeah. to then um, books, podcasts, audio books. Um, talking to Talking to people mm. became the fourth or fifth thing on the agenda for me because I wanted to know what other people experienced so i gravitated towards the informative route of helping um rather than the physical route of talking yeah, yeah, yeah. um but that that's the biggest thing for me is that if you can gravitate towards one source resource that yeah. helps you yeah. um then you're you're not neglecting how you feel yeah. but you're just letting yourself know that you feel this way
0: and i think i, I guess just listen to you talk. I guess it's it's like you say, everyone's different. So how we deal with our own mental health, everyone's different, but identifying Mm. what works for you. yeah, Whether it's like you say, a a rigid morning routine. I know that's going to help me every single day. That's going to help me keep on the right path. If it's, you know, I'll need to meet up and have a coffee and have a chat Mm. with someone on a regular basis. That's got to be, whether it be therapy or just friends, whatever that looks like. But ultimately identifying for you what, what works for you and what helps you keep keep in line like you said for you it's podcast informative stuff that you take mental
1: on. stimulation for me was one thing that I learned yeah. um, that I struggled with uh, attention deficit was one of the words that was springing around from time to time and I was like oh God yeah. um, do I have a mental stimulation problem yeah I do yeah. I have to be constantly doing something but I know now how to measure what is all or nothing. Yeah. Um, morning routine is great. Evening routine, great. Yeah. It's during the day that where you where you can find your triggers, yeah. sort of as I like to call it, that they rear themselves. Yeah. So if you're not comfortable in a certain environment, remove yourself from that environment. If you're not comfortable with the way certain things are going during your week, change it. Yeah. There's always certain things that you can do.
0: It's setting boundaries, isn't it? It's being able to recognise, like you said, whatever that is, is, recognising some triggers, things that you're not, you know, if I put myself in an uncomfortable situation, that might trigger me to go down a different route or, you know, whereas if you're able to, again, back to identifying what what works and what doesn't work for you. And Mm. that's that level of self-awareness, which obviously, I guess since 2020 and uh, and rediscovery over the last couple of years is, is where you sort of got to I guess
1: yeah there there were there there are times where you do have lapses well yeah, we like don't ever think that it's okay cool you've done that now you're fixed yeah, yeah, yeah. no it, it life it's an ongoing life doesn't, thing, yeah, yeah life yeah. doesn't say to you okay yeah we're done with that it doesn't <laughs> do that like I'm good, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm good okay i'm good no like there's yeah. times when i'm sitting there and i'm just walking down a road, for instance, and I'll just have a big spout of emotion yeah. because I'm feeling a certain way about a certain thing. Ride it. The stormy seas, navigating them is the hardest thing that you can do. But I'll tell you what, it's easier to navigate stormy seas when you've got people on the same boat as you yeah. than it is to be riding a dinghy, okay? Yeah, yeah, so sure. you've got to you've got to find the people around you that can help you piece together things that you're struggling with yeah. uh, and and that's what I've been able to do I, I, I right now I've probably got the best support network that I could probably ever have um, I got given a sense of purpose by going back to the school recently yeah. um, and giving a talk to kids um, I went back to one of the colleges I, um, I went to and gave them a talk on, on how to build a business yeah. like it's different things like that that I feel that if these kids had if I had those resources when I was a kid yeah when I was 15, 16 years old if someone walked in and say, look, you don't need to do that with your life you can look at this and you can create something out of nothing yeah. God, I don't know where I would have been right now yeah.
0: so yeah, life's changed That's an amazing thing yeah. to, for you to do I yeah. guess from your point of view like you said taking all the experiences that you've had yeah. and and just going in and having that conversation with those kids and even if one of those kids was on a similar path to you yeah. now gone you know what I'm not going down that route Look, I can, I can, I can make a choice. Mm. I can't go down. You know, there is other options for me, and I can't go down that. The first,
1: the first talk that I gave and uh, was at Basvik and uh, I took a friend that, that we know, Dan Skip. Yeah. Um, we went up there, and I said to him when I was standing by the sign, I was like, "Mate, this is very, very surreal. Like, thank you for supporting me on this. Like, yeah. it means a lot," because he knew where where I was looking to go with this, yeah. and having that support mechanism uh, and other people around the circle that, that we've got yeah, at sure. the moment is like so so powerful yeah like yeah. I, I I can literally count ten people right now where I feel that these people are are literally like the power circle of people King Arthur and, and, and the round table
0: and put a, and a, a positive influence so, I guess on your life yes that's, that's, that's the keys you it. I guess yep. y- you're trying to surround yourself with. With people that have got a positive influence on you. Yeah. You know what I mean? It doesn't mean that every person you surround are ultimately positive all the time, and like, because yeah. that that's not real, is it? Always, you know, people would describe me, I guess, as oh, but he's always got a smile on his face, blah, <laughs> blah, blah. You know, and, I, and I've had my own issues, and you have. You yeah. own? No, I, 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 had a, I had a conversation with a guy the other day, um, and he just asked these really insightful questions. And it was the first time of well, second time of meeting him. I'd met him at a talk I'd done, and we reached mm. out to me, and we went. And I broke down in front of this guy. What type of things was was he asking? Just you? just asking me about myself and yeah. my relationship, you know, with my, my wife, and and it was just for me, just triggered some stuff in me that I didn't <laughs> realise was was there, and I and I was like. <laughs> like, down in front of this guy, but it was such a powerful thing, and I think for me, just being again back to this whole thing around the narrative around um, weakness and vulnerability, but being able to to create a new space like to, for you to come on here and just be as open and honest as you are about the struggles you've had and the, and the positions that you've been in and and experiences that you've had to to, to be able to share that. And actually take the, the positive side of it out of it, where, where you are now, and we're coming towards the end, of it, mate. And like I say, thank you for obviously sharing. Like, there's some, you know, your struggles with mental health. Uh, you know, they're real and they're something that's, you know, hopefully has helped a lot of people by being so open and honest and and, and sharing that journey and knowing that you've come out the other side. And like you said, the key message really is that we're not alone and if we can talk and reach out to people, um, that's something that's really powerful and I'm sure that that, that will help many people. So look, as always, we're gonna sort of, we're gonna wrap up with um, our our sort of quick fire questions. So um, I'm gonna throw a couple of these at you. um, One piece of advice would you give to your 18 year old self? (laughs)
1: don't be a dick (laughs) (laughs) I said it to you I I was thinking this to myself I was like just come on mate Um, no no realistically uh, I think one one piece of advice uh, is that that I would give my 18 year old self Um, firstly yeah just just don't be a dick Um, but also at the same time as well just uh, be kinder to yourself like pressure is a good thing
0: um yeah, be be kinder to yourself. I love that. Yep. Who um, who's been your biggest inspiration throughout your journey and why?
1: I had a crap relationship with my father growing up, but in the last five ten years, he's been my he's he's been he's been the rock that I've needed to. There's been patches where we're like a little bit up and down, but the guy is just yeah my 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 dad my dad redefines where. Where I go with stuff and keeps me on the ground from uh, my uh, shiny objects that I like to to float around and looking for new ideas and and he's just like no yeah. slow down yeah my, uh, because of my energy it's my it's my energy that 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 drives that and my dad's very much a case of okay
0: all right Tom put your logical head on yeah, boom yeah. let's let's bring it back down amazing yep. Yeah. And last one, just can you recommend a business book or podcast that you've listened to that's maybe had an impact on you and, um, and your career? So yeah, any, anything you can advise us to? Um,
1: I think the biggest thing that I think that people can benefit from is being able to be structured. So the first one I'd recommend is reading a book by Ollie Ollerton from SAS, Who Dares Wins. It's called okay. Battle Ready. Yeah. Um, it's not actually a book. It's actually a manual where you can actually like create your life that you want. Um, I went through similar, um, well, similar situations and experiences as he did when he was um, in, in the military. So that would be one. Um, but I'd also recommend as well um, listening to um, Jason Fox's podcast. Um, yeah, yeah, it's a, it's it's, a, uh, it's unreal. Like all the guys from SAS, like Jay yeah. Morton, Ant Middleton, yeah, just sure. people that can help you create a better way for living that will help you then be able to work through business because people buy from people
0: great way to finish listen and like i said it's been brilliant obviously getting to know you the last few months i like to say we've become really good friends and and um such a powerful story that you've got in your journey and I'm, I'm really grateful for you coming on and sharing that with with me and obviously the listeners as well so mate and uh, listen all the best with the new business as well i wish you continued success i know we're gonna we're gonna support you as much as we can and um, yeah. and and uh, mate i'm sure you're gonna go on to, to great things so mate thanks again it's been brilliant no brilliant thank you very much